Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Happy New Year. After midnight. Get this year started. Happy New Year. New Year. New Year. Party time, baby. And Mr. New Year's himself, ladies and gentlemen. It's the Bob and Cherry Show with the best of Bob and Cherry. Uh, We're all worried that we may put on a few pounds because goodies are everywhere, even where you work. You know, all of a sudden candy and, and cookies and all this stuff shows up. And so I was interested in this article about... Emotional eating. This is this is why we overeat sometimes. It's emotional eating. And there are three examples. Number one, boredom or a feeling of emptiness. That's when maybe you got nothing going on romantically. It's Saturday night. You're not even hungry, but boy, the mint yeah. chocolate chip ice cream is so close. And you go in there and you eat the whole thing. That's not good. How do you how do you combat that? What should you do when you're doing that? When you're eating out of boredom? Yeah. I mean, you know you're it's doing It's because it. of anger, fear, shame, and even uh, sometimes even actually happiness can do it. You're so happy you're going to eat the entire pizza. Well, yeah, just find something different to eat. In other words, don't eat pizza. But no one, no one who's craving pizza says, you know what? Celery. I think I can get some celery. <laughs> <laughs> just... It just does not work You're that exactly way. right. Did you ever, uh, did you ever, as a kid or even now, get a stalk of celery and put cream cheese in it? No, you never did that. No, that was like a staple of my childhood. And I've seen people put peanut butter on celery. I do that and, too. And I will eat peanut butter on a piece of old notebook paper, but I'm not putting it on celery. What are you fighting celery I don't for? Know. It's There's... crunchy and cold. No, I like celery, but the crunchy juiciness of celery and peanut butter is weird for me no, as a that's texture. No, that's the right combination. I want you to try it with cream cheese. Do you eat cream cheese? On a bagel. Mm, all right. Uh, here's another emotional eating situation, socializing. I find myself doing yeah, this. Yeah, that's where I get caught. You're over at a football party or something like that, and there's the Rotel. Because it's food that I don't have at home. Yes. Go to Todd's house. It's oh, yeah. Tough. Oh, yeah, you he can overeat says, there. Not only does he have stuff that's bad for you, it's really good. It's really good, but you say to yourself, this is Todd food, and Todd yeah. food doesn't count in the yeah, same way. Why do we fool ourselves about certain foods not counting? 
You know dog what I mean? Dog food does not count. You know why? Because it takes so long to drive to his house that by the time you get there, you you need the calories. You have to, to do survive. it. Yeah, that's true too. So that's why Todd food doesn't count. He's it's not going to invite you anymore. It's true. I've got a Dairy Queen in my hand on a road trip with Mary, and she. Uh, I pull up and I say, "You want a Dairy Queen too?" No, I don't want a Dairy Queen. So I'm eating the Dairy Queen, and she's staring at it. All of a sudden, she snatches it and takes like three big bites. When, like when, it, like it doesn't really exist. When we're on the road, we'll stop at a gas station. And uh, we'll get gas, and then we'll go in, and we'll get some iced tea, and some uh, uh, spicy Cheez-Its, and some M&Ms, and some Twizzlers, and like maybe some donut holes. And you know why? Because we're working on the road, and we deserve it. It's the road, and all that driving, and for me, backseat driving is cardio, so yeah. You know, it's the road. That's exactly right. When I go to the beach, sometimes I'll take the dog. Mary's off doing something with a friend. I'll take the dog to the beach, and so I'm driving, and there's Zaxby's, right? So I'm going, hmm, Zaxby's. I'm going to get, and Todd turned me on to these, by the way. I'm going to get those chicken fingers, the large chicken fingers, and it comes with fries and with some sort of uh, salty coating on it. And uh, I don't know, I guess that's all I get. It's like 1,200 calories. But I just say to myself, hey, this is a long ride. I'm driving. I'm driving. I deserve it. I deserve it. Uh, Here's the third emotional eating thing. Childhood habits that carry over into adulthood. For me, that may be number one. And again, we're back to our friend pizza. Childhood habits that carry over to adulthood. Yep. Um, Like Oreos and peanut butter and jelly, that sort of stuff. Or Progresso uh, New England style clam chowder. Oh, the white stuff. The white stuff, yeah. yeah. But mostly pizza and good cheeseburgers. I mean, I've been eating cheeseburgers since... Since I was like five. My most um, definite childhood food habit is peanut butter and jelly. I could eat peanut butter and jelly. Yeah, you've always been that way. In fact, I have a peanut butter sandwich I'm going to eat for lunch today. I love peanut butter and jelly. It's just peanut butter on bread? Mm -hmm. Today it is. Because it. because it was like three extra steps to get some jelly, and I was tired. But today <laughs> it's just peanut butter, yeah. Yeah. So those, as, are, those are the three main ones that we emotionally overeat. Oh, and the other thing I like, the marshmallow treats inside a box of Lucky Charms. The cereal itself tastes like horse food, but the marshmallow treats, mm, and you can that. buy them by, you can buy on Amazon, probably somewhere else, I don't know, but on Amazon, you can buy just the marshmallow treats. I'll tell you, that Rotel dip with um, chunks of uh, hamburger in that it, doesn't do That's and they spice it me. up, and then you get the Doritos with the little scoop things. I will stand by a bowl of that and fight you off. You know what I made last year, last winter? Because the other time that you overeat is when it's cold outside. You say to yourself, it's so cold. Yeah. I think I need to eat a whole tray of pepperoni pizza dip. (laughs) Right. To survive. Right. As though you're in any danger, right? (laughs) Inside your house. Yeah, there there may be no food for the rest of the month. I better eat it all. Basically, you take everything you would need to make a pepperoni pizza except the dough. You bake it in the oven. And when it's all melted and gooey, you dip things in it like Mm -hmm. pita chip. Yeah. Or your whole hand. Right. Or a spoon. Yeah, right? that's right. That's your right. Your face, whatever it is. It's amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you need it to survive once the temperature drops below 50. Oh, yeah. If it's below 50, I got to eat this entire meatloaf. It's Bob and Sherry.
Bob and Sherry Books, Swag, and the Mother of All Mothers Merch. Just hit shop at bobandsherry.com. So I was uh, at the supermarket uh, a couple of days ago, and uh, somebody approached me. It was a gentleman, and uh, he said that he was a listener. He and his wife both listened to the show. And so we chatted for a couple of minutes, and he was holding flowers. And I said, uh, I guess you're celebrating something. And he said, yes, today is our 50th anniversary. He had been married married to his wife for 50 years. So we chatted about that for a minute or two, and that's, um, uh, I that's wished like him luck. Amazing, I know. isn't it? Really, really amazing. I know. And so I went home, and Mary came in from work, and she's telling me about her day. And I said, I just met one of... Bob and Sherry listeners at the uh, supermarket, and he was getting flowers for his wife. They've been married 50 years. And she said, oh, my God. <laughs> I, are I, you I sure she didn't say, oh, my God? No, no. No, she didn't? No, let me give it to you again. Oh, my God. Uh, and I said, you know, that really hurts my feelings. Do you that think really she- hurts my feelings. She said, we've talked about this before. <laughs> Maybe she uh, said it like, oh, my God, I'll never be able to have all of that with Bob. Oh, yeah, that's good. You don't you don't think that's what it was? No, 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 no. It's not just me. I think she was saying, I just don't know that I could stand to be with anybody for that long. Now, now I want you to be honest here. Okay, Would you really if 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 you and I were married, would you really want to be around me and everything that is Bob? For a half a century. Every day. Okay, so in this hypothetical scenario where I'm the luckiest girl alive, are we also in here together every day, all day long? uh, And then I'm at home with you every day, all day long? No, not necessarily. But by the way, you're halfway there already. I know. (laughs) You see what it it does? (laughs) Do you see what it does? You just did what she did. It was a reflex. (laughs) Oh my God, I'm horrible to be with. I'm horrible to be with. I can, look, um, Uh, I can be your woman here or I can be your woman there, but I don't think any woman could be your woman in both places. That's a, you're a lie. Yeah. And that's, did you have to say that? But that's a good thing. Don't you want to be a lot? No, it's not. Nobody wants to be a lot. Being a lot that that does not, it, it, it's has nothing but negative connotations. I can think of half a dozen guys in this building who are not much at all. You are a lot. Well, a lot of what begs to be answered. You are, um, you're just, you know, you're a lot. And I spend so much time with you. And if I, I no woman, no, listen, you can't drink champagne every day. No woman could, could have this all day, every day. None of us can do that. That's not reality. You know, I really do think um, you're the only woman who... <laughs> Who could put up with me that long? Honest to God, I think you're. The I only. probably and, could. And part of it is there's a paycheck attached here. Yeah, but for them that's the same. I mean, there's not a lot of difference there. <laughs> and those bees get real estate. I mean, I get nothing. No, I got the, no real the current, estate. Hey, listen, no, I have to step no, up here. The, the current Mrs. Lacey. No, she's she's out there with a, a shovel in the ditch with her yeah. own her own thing going. She doesn't need me for heads that at up, all. Heads up, get your little notebook out. We don't describe her as the current. Mrs. Oh, Lacey. yeah, yeah. Well, I had to. <laughs> we described her. Come up. I've got to come up with something. you got to work on yeah, that one a yeah. little bit. Listen, you're not the only one because um, Kevin and I were having a conversation and I said to him, 
my love, do you ever wish that like we had met, you know, in college and he went, no, no. And, and um, Mary has said the same thing. And I was like, I was like, well, that yeah. hurts my feelings. He said, no, and of I course. Said that. He said, of course, I meant it like we were destined to meet when we met. Oh, good cover. <laughs> Actually, terrible cover. Nobody's <laughs> buying that. None of our listeners right this second are buying that. You, you and I, we are, we <laughs> yeah. are a lot. We're a lot. I think I'm more of a lot than, than you're a lot. I think you you are more of a lot than I, you have more of a lot than I have a lot. Yeah. You're a lot. You are a whole lot. But you know what? You need to be a lot, and here's why. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there needs to be so much of you. Yes. You need to have so much because look what you do for your job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there yeah, has to be true. a lot. Here's the other thing. The reason she went, oh, wow, no. Does any human being really want to listen to what I'm saying and be told they're wrong that much? For half a century? For half a century? That's soul crushing. To be pointing out things that, you know, they need to do to improve themselves? Remember when you told, when you decided last week you were going to start telling her that you couldn't be bothered remembering appointments because you live in the now yeah remember yeah. that yeah now you go home and say it's okay mary no woman can drink champagne every day and then just walk away and just walk away say nothing and let her chew on that for yeah. a little bit yeah that's yeah. right this is all a long way from what alex trebek said one of the most romantic things ever i wish i would have met my wife sooner so i could have spent more of my life with her i quoted him to kevin and kevin went hmm <laughs> Mm. What you got to bring that up? Hey, Bob. Especially right now. It's a good thing to be alive. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Thank you. You're listening to the best of Bob and Sherry. Morons in the News is sponsored by Every Plate. Skip the grocery store and save money with Every Plate. Let's go. Harvesting idiots from around the globe. You stupid moron. It's Morons in the News with Bob and Sherry. Uh, So in our country and around the world, vinyl in the last few years has become very, very popular. People say, oh, I only listen to my music on vinyl. Yeah, vinyl is the best. I can hear the difference. Um, It's just got great clarity, fidelity. It's fantastic. Well, there is a guy who is selling fake vinyl records in England. And his name is Richard Hutter. And he would download Beatles stuff, Pink Floyd, Nirvana, Amy Winehouse, and then he would transfer it to vinyl and he would sell it for in US dollars about 40 to 45 dollars per vinyl album. He has been doing that for six years. This is piracy. This is piracy. For six years, he's been doing this. He made over one and a half million dollars US doing this in the last six years. And that's pretty much all profit except for the, uh, the plastic, right? The vinyl itself. Well, a guy who is a big fan of The Clash said, it just doesn't sound as crisp as it should. I think there's something wrong here. And he went to the police. He told them. They did a little bit of investigation. And they just arrested this guy, Richard Hutter, for having pirated this and selling it to people for something other than what it actually was. It was inferior. My 
question to you is, six years and this one guy who's a Clash fan is the only one that said, hey, this fidelity is really not that good. I'm really suspicious of vinyl uh, lovers who couldn't have figured that out before because they're always saying, oh, I mean, I can tell the difference just like this compared to a CD or, or a, a download. It's so hard for me to um, even understand what they're hearing because I'm so tone deaf. And <laughs> I'm so useless with like those Landon, kinds of Landon subtleties. Does it. Landon has it. I gave her my collection of vinyl and all her friends went out of their minds. Oh, I can't believe your father. Oh, that's right. Your father was in radio. You are so lucky. It's just an anomaly. And I haven't listened to vinyl in such a long time. I don't know that I could tell the difference. When CDs came out, I thought they were fantastic. And for and for me, I, a download, you know, is, you know, it sounds great. I, I just don't have, I don't have the ears to really yeah. weigh in. But, right, you know. Right. People get sued for everything now, so this doesn't surprise me all that much. Let's go to today's Moron of the Day news story. This comes to us out of Sambuku, Japan. It's a very remote town. And um, bear attacks are a serious issue in this town and really a problem in all of rural Japan. There's not enough food in the forests, and so these bears, these black Asian black bears are coming closer and closer to towns looking to eat. And um, this man who put a vending machine outside his restaurant at the railway station in Sambuku said, these bears are very dangerous when they get around people. Hunters set up traps for them. And and it's legal in Japan to hunt these bears and to eat them. So now you can buy bear meat in a vending machine Jeez. in Sambuku, Japan. And what he is says with the Japanese, this Japanese man. What is with them, you know, uh, selling bear meat like that, trapping them in urban areas, you know, g- still wailing. I I just don't I just don't get them. Well, there you know the guy the guy said I'm I'm doing I'm trying to turn a bad situation into a good situation because bear meat is very delicious. And these bears can't come into town and menace the people. So he has this enormous vending machine set up outside his restaurant where he sells Asian black bear meat, um, dried mountain stream fish, and a kind of a, a, a beef. And he said, my vending machine bear meat is the most delicious. And a round of applause because there's a sentence that no one in humanity yeah. ever expected to say anytime about their vending hey, Sher- machine bear Sherry. meat. I'm not eating fish out of a vending machine. I can tell you that right now. How about some fresh bear? It's crazy. No. And and he says he sells out every week. He sells out of the vending machine bear meat. Yeah. Now yeah. listen, that's the least of the freaky stuff you can get in a vending machine in Japan. Well, that's true. That yeah, is, that's very true. That is Morons in the News. It's Bob and Sherry. Leave us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. You know, sometimes you just have a moment in your life where you stop and you say, how did I get here? Now, if, if you're uh, Jake from State Farm, you might pause and say, I'm a multimillionaire <laughs> doing these goofy. How did I get here? For me, Who it's been a little bit. how I got here? Yeah, exactly. For me, it's a little bit different. And I had that moment just the other day. We have an elderly cat 
that Mary has had since her kids were really little. I've referred to her often on the air, Kiki. And she's become um, very obsessed with having her water just a certain way. And, and she'll only eat now certain things. She's, she's getting up there. And so I don't know how I got here, but I'm the one that has to go out and find the food. And sometimes the local grocery store runs out of it. And what she's eating now is Fancy Feast, Tender Turkey Feast for Kittens. So there's only so many of those cans, and sometimes <laughs> I have to go to two or three stores, you know? So, so the it's, other not di- just, it's not just a specific brand and a specific flavor, but now it's kitten food on top of it, right? It is. And for non-cat wow. owners out there, I know you're saying, oh, just give her the one that's for grown cats. She'll never. Oh, she knows the difference. She will turn around and walk away. And so if she, if she doesn't get it, I'm going to hear the howling in the middle of the night. Because she wants the fancy feast, kitten, uh, turkey, whatever it is. So I'm in the supermarket the other day and I go, oh yeah, I think we're running out of running out of fancy feast, turkey feast for kittens. Uh, <laughs> let's go down there. And I go down the aisle and I'm looking and I'm looking and I'm going, oh man. It's, and there it is. There's five of them and they're pushed in the back a little bit. And I went, yes, winning. And there's a woman next to me and she's just staring at me. And I thought, do you know how sexless as a man you appear to be right now? No, no. She was staring at you and thinking to herself, why are all the good ones taken? Look at this excited (laughs) cat daddy. This cat daddy who loves his cat. Is that a wedding ring? Damn it. Really? I'm telling you, Bob, seriously. That woman, then she went home and posted on her Facebook. Well, I found him, the ultimate cat daddy. (laughs) And then I saw the ring. Darn it. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad it was a woman then and not a guy. Because if a guy saw me in front of the cat aisle going, (laughs) winning, it wouldn't be good. Oh, no, it would be the same thing. He'd go, oh, why are all the cat daddies straight? (laughs) (laughs) listen your poor self-esteem is causing you pain you need to realize what a cat loving catch you must have looked like in that moment yeah it's just not what i thought i'd be at this point in my life it's bob and sherry small plates is sponsored by o'reilly auto parts your professional parts people it is time now for bob and sherry's small plates and let's start out with this one september is now the month where women are more likely to engage in an extramarital affair. It used to be January, but now it is September. Do you know why? According to Because we who- desperately want someone to go apple picking with us? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, it's that pumpkin spice thing. That pumpkin no. spice. That's a troublemaker from the get-go. It's listen the to, devil's listen beverage. To what I was saying. It used to be January, and now it's September by a little bit. What do they have in common? Here's what they have in common. You very often have spent a lot of time together on vacation. <laughs> and oh. you are so irritated over one thing or another because you've been in a cramp, like maybe a hotel, motel room, a camper, whatever it may be. And sometimes... It just gets irritating. And evidently, you know, if the marriage was not going well to begin with, all of a sudden she starts to look around a little bit. 
So I just I just well, thought that was that was kind it, of interesting. But it, it it does make sense. If yeah. you can't enjoy the beach together wherever, what chance do you have of enjoying two weeks of rain in a house full of people with a stomach virus and a senile cat? Yeah, you can't true. be happy at the beach. You can't no. be happy. No. And Mary, Mary and I, you know, we get along great. But when we were together for uh, over a week and a half on vacation, traveling, you know, Italy and everything, uh, that's the first time we've had an argument. And I can't remember how long. And, you know, the argument was, I just, I hate to, she just got too bossy. You know, she just got she got too bossy telling me this is where we're gonna go this is when we're gonna go you gotta get on the train here you gotta train there of course if i wasn't listening i probably would have ended up in luxembourg Luxembourg. who knows we'd never see you again people would be like where's waldo where's bob and we would say we don't know he doesn't know how to find the wi-fi he can't text (laughs) yeah Uh, anyway, so just, you know, heads up on that. Here's here's another small plate. Using electrodes attached to your brain excites people who struggle with math and they're able to learn math more easily. 102 people joined a research group on the impact of neurostimulation on learning math. And the teams found the ability of those whose brain activity was less excited by math during an initial assessment improved after they had the electrodes attached to their brain. I didn't use the math I learned. I, 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 didn't use, I didn't use what I learned. I don't need to be shocked to learn some more. No, I'm good to go. I'm good. I'm just picturing myself back in, I don't know, sixth grade. Uh, Miss Ferguson, I, I struggle with this. Could you attach some electrodes to my brain? Could you just <laughs> kind of power me up a little bit there? I swear to God, I would have done it if it would have helped me. What do you think the ideal temperature is for people who are 50 years old or older to sleep at night? The ideal temperature? Yeah, this 69. is focused not on, not on somebody who's, you know, 25 years old. 25 years old, you can sleep anywhere, but you know, you get a, a few years on you. 50 plus, what's the ideal temperature at night? 60. I feel like 42 degrees is about correct. <laughs> <laughs> you and my wife. <laughs> you and my wife. 70, Kevin, 73. Kevin complains no, so much about how cold it is at night. And I'm God. like, you're covered in fur. Get a blanket. <laughs> Man, I, no, gosh. What no. do you think? What I do you think it is, Max? Seventy-three. Seventy-three. All right. What do you think it is, Lamar? Sixty-nine. It is sixty-eight. Good lord. Sixty-eight go. degrees, and uh, we don't set it that low in my house, but we're not far away. She, she has just got to be able to have it that cold. There have been there have been days degrees. I've gotten out of bed and I had to put on a robe. It was so damn cold. Cold. Sixty. Eight degrees? Are you 68. incubating chickens? Get that thermostat <laughs> cranked into the 40s. Come on. Mama needs to sleep. Having a good oh. laugh twice a week can help reduce the risk of heart disease. The first ever trial measuring the effect of a good laugh found that a fit of the giggles 
cuts inflammation and increases the heart's capacity to pump oxygen around the body. Of 26 coronary artery disease patients, uh, they were asked to watch um, a two-hour long comedy show on TV each week, and the rest of them watched documentaries. So you had somebody watching comedy, somebody watching documentaries. They've all got, you know, at various ages, but they have some, some issues with uh, their heart. After 12 weeks, the comedy group had a 10% boost in their uh, measuring how much oxygen the heart can pump around the Do you body. know what this tells us? That we were built for joy. We were not yeah. built for rage and division and suffering. We were not if, built if, to work ourselves into a grave. We were built to bang on the drum all day and don't worry, be happy and stuff. That's what we were Didn't you say for. twice a week, a big laugh twice a week? If, if um, I'm not yeah. laughing more than twice, if I'm not laughing more than twice every hour, I'm dead. Yeah, I mean, I I, I could, yeah, I would be I dead. I couldn't do it. That's just the way it. that you are, though. That's and you know, I will never die. Oh my God, the good news! You I won't. will never die. You are going to be what? around forever. That's exactly <laughs> right. So there you are. Here's some good news for you. This is Bob and Cherry. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! After midnight, get this year started. Happy New Year! And Mr. New Year's himself, ladies and gentlemen, it's the Bob and Cherry Show with the best of Bob and Cherry. Well, um, something very strange is happening in my house. Uh, My husband has become very, very paranoid and difficult to live with. Um, He has, we've been together since 2008, so that's that's a lot of episodes of Dateline and Snapped and... Um, everything on the Oxygen Channel and on Investigation Discovery. He's become very paranoid that he's not safe um, living in this house with me. So we're sitting on the couch. This was like a week ago. And he said something to me. It was like kind of a joking question, sort of like, well, you know, that's when you used to love me. And I didn't even look up for my book. I said, oh, my love for you is a given. And apparently that answer... Um, really troubled him. <laughs> that because sounds I, like something out of the Gaslight movie. It does. Uh, okay, see, I didn't mean it to sound that way, but he came <laughs> to me a couple of days later, and he's like, "You know, when you answered me like that, that's like one of those FBI shows you watch. That's like what the woman says, like, and then then the husband goes missing. Exactly. I'm like, are you are you exactly. suggesting that I'm gonna kill you, <laughs> like, on a Dateline episode?" You know what? You know what it is about made that me phrase. Nervous. Here's the, you, the the phrase was what my love for you is a given. Okay, it's it's not I love you so much. I love you so much. I just love being with you. It's my love for you is a given. So okay, well you know what? Um, I'm really glad that we're having this conversation because that is not how I meant it at all. But you heard that too, like you heard, like, uh oh, buddy, you better update your will, and get your affairs in order. It's like, really? it's one of the it's a phrase that sort of says, "Don't worry about it," but it doesn't really embrace how much you love them from your very <laughs> soul. It's all in the saying too. It if is. you say it really flatly. My love for you is a given. Well, right. I, I guess it was kind of flat because I was reading. And, you know, when someone talks to you when you're reading, you really aren't giving, you're not hearing, it's not your full attention. It's, Here's what it sounded like. All right, I'm going to pretend I'm you and I'm reading. And he asks you that question or brings it up. This is what it sounds like to him. 
My love for you is a given. It's like shoe, shoe fly. Get get away from me. Please, please don't bother me with this stuff. So, well, when he came to me and he was like, that made me really nervous. Like, now you're talking like those FBI shows. And I said, listen, you have nothing to worry about. First of all, if I was going to kill a husband, it mm-hmm. had been the last one who I had some life insurance on. You're worth nothing mm-hmm. to me, Dad. Mm-hmm. Like you're, that, that'll you're put just, a man at ease. <laughs> That, that'll make a man feel better about his choices. This means, this means you've given this some thought. Yeah, well, now that you say it that way, now that you say it that way, I can see, I can see how you would think that. That I surely must have gone. Hmm. Maybe I'll kill my husband. Now nah, I should have killed the last one. If you're going to kill one, kill the one that you're going to make some money <laughs> off of. What you killing this one for? I see. But of course, you understand that none of that was intentional. That, but I understand what you're saying too. That it's, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. So I need to work. I guess what you're saying to me is, I need to work on my bedside manner a little Probably, bit. Is yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. Is that what I'm hearing? And by the way, bedside manner does not mean sta- standing over him while he sleeps and staring at him. Well, he caught me doing that too, because he wasn't. Yeah. Um, he wasn't. We had like. The, the twin babies had like a little virus and so over Christmas one of us like dominoes we all went down with the same baby virus thank god it mm-hmm. wasn't COVID and the babies are okay mm-hmm. now but when it was his turn to get sick with the virus he was he sounded funny while he was sleeping usually he sleeps flat on his back like you know a corpse and he's silent but he was making like a funny <laughs> snorty noise so I went and stood over him and was staring down at him and he opened his eyes and he goes what and I said I don't know, you sounded funny when you were breathing. And then I just walked out of the room without meaning to be creature, but... You look like a corpse when you're sleeping is a troubling thing to say, too. I just want to point out. You know, I hey, think why don't my you stay, mom... Why don't you stand in a dimly lit hallway and not move for a while? <laughs> I think my mom was on to something when she said to me on the phone, she was like, sweetie... <laughs> I know that things are challenging, but it seems to me like you need a getaway. <laughs> maybe she was on to something because maybe yeah. I've been maybe I've been cooped up in this uh, cabin fever situation yeah. too long. Yeah. So yeah, he's become a little paranoid. Well, but you know, I'm not going to yeah. do anything to him. No, of course not. Because my love for him is a given. It's a given. And that has been documented right here on the Bob and Sherry Show. My love for you, it's a given. It's a given. It's a given. What are you asking so many questions for? Here, drink this cocoa that I made for you, darling. (laughs) (laughs) Everything's just fine. Good luck to them. Bob and Sherry. Everyone Needs a Laugh is sponsored by Kohl's. Shop Kohl's and Kohl's.com today. It is time now for Everyone Needs a Laugh. Here is comedian Ray DeVito. I wasn't the most popular kid growing up. My mom was worried about my social life. I'll tell you guys about the first date I ever went on. I was 14 years old. This girl, Sarah, she was a big Pauly Shore fan. <laughs> so I love Pauly Shore because she's like, yeah, he's amazing. So uh, she goes, oh, let's go see the movie Friday, the new Paul. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm down. I wore my best Bugle Boy pants. <laughs> I bought flowers. Uh, kids that I went to school with, they're trying to hey man, what you got the flowers for? I'm like, I'm on a date with Sarah. It's like, really, you're dating her? I'm like, yeah, that's my girlfriend. 
Like, when'd you guys start dating? Like, uh, we hit go on the clock as soon as she gets here. That's... <laughs> she never shows. She never shows. And in my head, I'm like, maybe she got here really early. So I'm like, I'm in the movie theater, like, what? I never saw her. So I'm just sitting there with me and my flowers watching a Pauly Shore movie. Uh, turns out those movies aren't that great. I just... <laughs> not that great. And like I wanted to sneak out because I didn't want kids to see me, so I like left the flowers and I bailed. And then some lady grabs the flowers and follows me out in the lobby. She's like, sir, sir, you forgot these. I'm like, no, no, I got them for a girl. She didn't show. It's like, you should give them to your mother. I'm like, no, my mom already thinks I'm a loser. I don't need to confirm that. Uh, it's like, so I take the flowers, I go next door to the Burger King, because that's where kids go after the movie. And I didn't want to just throw them away, because I knew kids would see them and put two and two together. So what I did is I went in the bathroom, and uh, instead of just, I didn't want to lay them on top, so I started taking garbage out of the garbage can, and I laid the flowers on the bottom, like I was just burying them, like I was burying my dignity, just, <laughs> just getting it down there. And the whole time in my head, I'm like thinking, this is dating, dating sucks. <laughs> Like, I could have stayed home and played video games and not felt this horrible about myself. Anyways, I get a Facebook friend request from Sarah a couple of years ago. I accept it, I'm an adult. You know what she's doing? You know how some people put their jobs? She is the manager of that exact same Burger King. I was like, wow, karma does exist, and it's in a trash can in Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> When I saw that, I was like, yeah, go in the bathroom, get your flowers, lady. <laughs> ah, some applause. Yo. Oh, you're too kind. Uh, awesome, man. Uh, Dr. Pipple Popper. I don't know if you guys are into that show. Oh, uh, it hurts me because I had horrible acne when I was a kid. I had horrible I was on Accutane. You guys probably don't know, I, they quit making it. It was linked to depression and teenage suicide. I knew something was up with that medication because when the doctor prescribed it, he called my mom in the room to let her know the side effects. But then to make me feel better, he started showing me the scars on his face. <laughs> yeah, like that was supposed to magically cheer me up. I'm like, dude, I'm self-conscious about going to school tomorrow because of my acne. Now you're letting me know it's gonna scar me for the next 50 years? It's like, what exactly causes the depression? Are you sure it's some medication? Because it could be these pep talks. <laughs> this is my worst acne story. Um, in high school, I got to take an art class. And um, I, I waited until I was a senior. Everyone else was in ninth grade, I was a senior. And we had to do an assignment. You had to draw someone in the class. And the kid that drew me just drew me with all my acne. Just this brutal drawing, like all the whiteheads I tried to pop that didn't quite make it. But he just happened to be the most talented kid in the class. So his drawing ended up getting submitted to a bunch of student art shows. And then when the art shows were over, my teacher took that drawing and hung it in the hallway for the last three months of my high school life. So I had to like walk by my own shame every day. And that kid was always weird around me, but I was never mad at him. I was more mad at my art teacher. 
Like, if I go back in time, I'd like to give him $20. Like, hey, man, can you draw a picture of our art teacher? And let's point out all of her insecurities. <laughs> like, how about you draw a picture of her holding up her left hand, pointing out that she's 47 and has never been married? Can we get that drawing? <laughs> or how about a drawing of all the grandchildren? Her parents will never see. Put that right in their living room. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Some applause. That was hard at the end. Oh, wow. Can you imagine being stood up at the Pauly Shore movie? Cringe. We'll get that posted up at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. This is Bob and Sherry. Use the Talk Back feature on the free Bob and Sherry app and leave us a message. I got a wild email solicitation from a lifestyle coordinator and... It said, hi, Sherry. I know you're planning a party to celebrate the coronation of King Charles on Saturday, May 6th. (laughs) Looking for ideas on what to serve your guests? How about fun party games? And I'm looking at this email going, no, I'm I'm actually not planning a party to celebrate the coronation of King Charles and Queen Camilla. I, I almost forgot my wedding anniversary. We did nothing for that. Like... I really don't see myself pulling out the Union Jack and making a pot of tea and some crumpets or muffets or whatever (laughs) and inviting my friends who all have freaking jobs to take a day off and come over and celebrate the coronation. What? Who does this? But you know what? Then I'm looking at it and I'm like, somebody is throwing a coronation party or this wouldn't exist. And, and this person went on to say, I'd love to come on your show and help your listeners plan their coronation parties. Oh, here we go. Here we and go. And I'm looking at this. It was, it was, it's like the random it's solicits we get. Yeah, it's, it's we get all the time. But I'm yeah. looking at this and going, not only am I not catering a tea party for King Charles's crowning, I'm willing to bet... of the people who listen to our show are also not planning a coronation tea party. Whoever these people are, they saw all of the hubbub and all the excitement when Meghan and Harry got got married. And there were, you know, American reporters that were over there from morning TV shows and they were squealing and, oh, I can't believe that we're here. Look at my uh, fascinator hats. Somebody said, you know, people seem to really get excited, but... This is a whole different deal than a young couple, you know, becoming a prince and princess. If she emails me again, I'm going to reply back. Victoria, that's her name. Victoria, thank you so much. But only working royals will be attending the king's coronation. And I'm a filthy commoner. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) What are we doing here, people? Who has time for this? It's Bob and Sherry. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. After midnight. Get this year started. Happy New Year! New Year! New Year! Party time, baby. And Mr. New Year's himself, ladies and gentlemen. It's the Bob and Cherry Show with the best of Bob and Cherry. While waiting to return to power in Argentina, the ousted dictator Juan Perón kept the remains of his venerated wife, Ava Perón, who had been dead for 20 years, in an open casket on his Madrid dining table where his third wife, Isabel, combed her hair every day. Good the third wife. Are you kidding so me? Let's let's get this. The the dead wife 
Her embalmed remains are on the dining room table, and the next wife comes in and combs her hair every day. On the dining room table? On the dining room table. Did they serve dinner on, with her there? Um, Michael Beschloss went on to say, not sure if people enjoyed dining with Juan Perón and both of his wives, living and dead, when he was in exile in Madrid. And at one point, Ava Perón's over-embalmed remains, which the exiled Juan kept on his Madrid dining table, were gold. This suggests that Juan, with lots of times on his hands, had seen and wished to emulate the star of the movie Goldfinger. Wait a minute. He he had her covered in gold? That's what that's what it says here. I can't like believe I didn't know finger? any of this. Yeah, I can't believe I didn't know. Max, oh, this is wow. so our jam. Uh, yeah, I didn't know this. This is so though. our jam. This is the first the, I'm hearing of it. Let me just think about oh, this for a second. Of that hook, Max. <laughs> yeah, that's that's excellent. I wish I could take credit for that. I am I'm gonna sorry tell... that the wine is cheap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell Kevin. For me, Argentina. I'm, I'm going to tell Kevin that this is how I would like if I go before him. <laughs> That I would like to be um, preserved on the dining room table, and I would like the next woman he rolls in here, not to comb my hair, because that would be a disaster, but to fluff my hair. You know, this will never happen for me if I go before Mary, because she will worry about putting me on the dining table. And if anything like clam chowder comes out, she's almost positive I will rise from the dead to get some of that clam chowder. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I she couldn't can't... take the pressure <laughs> let me now that you've had a minute to take it in let me read that first thing again while yeah. waiting to return to power in argentina ousted dictator juan Perón kept remains of his venerated wife ava dead for two decades two decades 20 years in an open casket on his dining table where his third wife isabel combed ava's hair every day um I, I don't, I, I don't know what kind of woman, um, goes, yeah, you're like a dictator and you're ousted and we're going to live in exile with your dead wife's coffin on the dining room table. And you want me to comb her hair every day? That is a very specialized kind of woman that wow, he landed that there. that really is. That you is. know, on, on the upside for the help, it makes waiting on them at dinner easier. There's always well, you one know, of them one, doesn't complain. What? <laughs> Seriously, I am a that woman. That is one of the creepiest things I've ever heard in my life. I, I am a woman, and I'm trying to imagine who is the man that I'm going to go. Oh, so like that's your ex-wife, her corpse, and you want me to comb her hair every day? Okay. Like, who is this man, and what are his charms that you agree to this? I wonder if they, if it's a giant, you know, like one of those long dining room tables where the man sits at the one end and the woman the, of the house sits at the other, and then between them is her. The embalmed open casket remains. 20 years she's been on the dining room table. And she looks up to talk to him. Well, how did your day go today? And there's Ava. There she is. Now, I want you to put your own self into perspective. You recently sold a house and you were getting feedback like people don't like red throw pillows, Bob. 
But this guy has his his dead wife on the dining room table. I know. And there's a bidding war. Like I, just, I know. I that's exactly the way it goes. I know. That's exactly the way it goes. That is. Yeah, you never did though, leave, Ava. Yeah. That's insane. This, this is the Madonna version, right? It is. And yeah, she you, did a good you know, job she, with um, she was pregnant with her daughter, Lourdes, when she did this movie. Was she really? Yeah, she was. You I know, mean, Madonna Madonna had that movie moment. He, she had Ava, and then she had Dick Tracy with Warren Beatty, and then she had A League of, Our, a League of Their Own. And um, it, was, it was hot as a firecracker, and I thought she did great in all three, and then the career just sort of faded uh, movie-wise, didn't it? She was in Swept Away that she did with her then-husband, Guy Ritchie. Sean, yeah. oh, Guy Ritchie. Oh, yeah, yeah that's right. And I she wanted say, him over the, over the side of the boat and swept away. This is a shatteringly hard song to sing, but she yeah. did a good job with it. Let's, let's listen. She did. Remember she said on our show, she was on our show once, and she said, I hate listening to my own voice. It sounds squeaky. It does not in this song. Argentina. Yeah. Well, maybe do cry, Argentina, because she's a freaking yeah. centerpiece in Madrid. <laughs> I know. Oh, God, I, mean, I wonder if they dressed her up for the holidays like Thanksgiving. Well, if you, don't don't put a few, if you don't put a few Christmas balls and some pine codes, are you even making an effort? Really? You know, you're right. You're you guys, exactly right. of all the crazy things that are true, this is right up there. It really is. Thanks for sharing, Cher. And my God, Whoa. when you pass the gravy boat, don't get it on Ava. <laughs> and this, folks, is why you should follow people like that, like Michael Beschloss on Twitter, because you never know what fun facts you are coming your way. You never know. I know. God, that is wild. Okay. Well, thanks, Cher. I like the line in the song where she says, don't keep your distance. I don't know I don't, that I can eat dinner with your body. <laughs> How do you have Anywho. people over? Anywho, yeah. it's Bob and Sherry. The Bob and Sherry website. The Oddcast. Contest info. BobandSherry.com. Nominate a teacher who you think deserves to spend this year's summer vacation relaxing in Florida. Go to BobandSherry.com to nominate them and tell us why. Every week we choose a winner to receive Bob and Sherry swag. And they're nominated for the monthly grand prize from Visit Florida, a three-night vacation for two this summer to Margaritaville Beach Resort, Fort Myers Beach, plus round-trip airfare and vehicle rental. They'll also join Sherry for a live recording of the Bob and Sherry Oddcast. Nominate a teacher at bobandsherry.com. So we're talking about this wild, uh, true story that the historian Michael Beschloss tweeted about um, the dictator of Argentina, Juan Perón, keeping his wife's embalmed body on the dining room table of his house in exile in Spain. And she'd been dead for like 20 years. So, I mean, talk with an about open, like, with an open, open casket. casket. Yeah. I mean, talk you know, about, you know, the consistent... only thing I could think about, the only thing when you told me this, that she's on the dining room table and she's been embalmed and she's lying there, you know how sometimes you'll have like um, a get together for a party or an engagement or something. And you use the dining room table to put various, you know, put the spread, various types of food. Like, and I'm just picturing like, guests going by oh these uh these ribs look good are you gonna have the devil's egg 
Boy, she sure does look good, doesn't she? I mean, just, just so weird. Well, there are a couple of things. Like, you've been decorating around. I mean, I, you've been decorating around Ava for a long time, right? She's on the centerpiece of the dining room table. <laughs> so there's that. I mean, that's kind of a commitment. You know, you, you're definitely more of a gothy vibe in your house if you're doing that. Yeah. But here's the thing. Like, I would not. I appreciate how much he loved her or whatever. I don't want anyone to love me that much because I don't want people coming by and studying my um, remains and having comments about, do you, Bob, do you really want your embalmed self as a centerpiece on the dining room table? He when looks Lynette so comes over, no, she and no. Mary make little jokes no. at your expense. Of course not. Why was this not considered? And maybe it was, but why was this mm-hmm. not considered? crazy because if mary did this to you put you on the dining room table there'd be a mental health intervention like why why are wealthy or um famous or infamous people allowed to indulge such insanity well look at lenin is lenin's body still embalmed for you to walk by in moscow i don't know but i i've read once that the amount of um chemicals and refrigeration that are involved in that Oh, that's Uh, another thing. Like Kevin does that to me and then the AC goes out. Oh, now what are we going to do? Now we have a problem here. And and here's what I'm afraid of. You know how cats are with boxes? Hmm. They're not going to know the difference between. You know, that's true. That's what would happen. Kiki would be up there on the table just slowly walking along. And Mary would make a joke of it. She'd be like, aw, look, ding dong, even in death, Kiki wants you to manage her box. She loves you. She loves you. That's just so absolutely insane. I can't believe I never heard this. Michael Betchloss is a great historian. It's got to be true. I mean, totally legit. And on yeah. um, there was a, another uh, – one of our listeners, Mary Tyson, sent me the mm-hmm. link to another tweet thread where someone who did a project on, like, fun facts about the American presidency – did a tweet for each president going all the way back to George Washington. I'll read the George Washington tweet. I screenshotted that for you, too. You can still Ready? see Lenin's body, just so you know. You still can. Oh. Oh, you yeah. still can. So, I'm, I'm George just... Washington lost nearly all of his teeth, had terrifying spring-loaded 18th century dentures that were in constant danger of jumping out of his mouth. He mumbled oh. through all of his speeches because he was afraid of opening his mouth too wide and his dentures coming out. Oh, my God. This is the father of the country. And he <laughs> still beat the British. Yeah, that's right. Oh, it's Bob and Sherry. Can You Believe This is sponsored by BritBox. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. You read it once. I don't believe that. And then you read it again. I can't believe this. It's Bob and Sherry's. I believe this shit. I believe this So before I say a word, I want to ask, mm-hmm. do you think it's too early in the day for true crime time? Because the, the story that I want to tell you it's not gory. I mean, the guy is a cannibal, but that's not what this is mostly about. Oh. What do you think? Oh, oh. <laughs> the guy, the guy is a cannibal, but that's not his main thing. That's he's, not what we're going to be really some, focusing on. He's got on. something else going on too. I got. I have to tell you, if I am a cannibal, that's my main thing. Anything else going on in my life is like minor to eating but you people. Know that- that's because you're a sophisticated media professional and you recognize the importance of branding. Okay. Like if you're going to be a cannibal. All right. I promise you this is not 
going to be a description of him eating people. Okay. All right. Go ahead. This is this. I can't wait to hear what else he does. This is the story of Robert Maudsley. His nickname is Hannibal the Cannibal. He's been in jail since he was 21 years old. He murdered a convicted child molester. Okay. Mm. And so there is a part of me that I'm, I'm over here going like, thank you for your service, but he is a cannibal. So, you know, it's, he's not all good. He has been. Wouldn't that be awful to be the the cellmate of the guy who's a cannibal? The cannibal. Yeah. I mean, it's bad enough being in jail and having that little thin mattress, you know, and the screws waking you up all night long. But then you got, you know, Hannibal, the cannibal right above you. Or yeah, or worse, right? Or worse, below you. It would almost be worse to have him below you. So he's been in jail since he was twenty-one. He turned seventy last month. Mm. He—that's not his only crime, by the way. Uh, He obviously he's a cannibal. He did kill a convicted child molester, but then he killed some other people and ate them. Okay, so he's a bad dude. He just set the world record for solitary confinement. Um, Huh. He lives in a specially built cell at Wakefield Prison. It's 18 feet by 15 feet. He has a concrete slab for a bed. He's considered so dangerous that they don't allow him to associate with other prisoners. They don't allow him to associate with prison guards. He spends every minute of every day alone in a glass box deep in the bowels of the prison. He will never be free. He lives in a tiny glass box, bulletproof. It's bulletproof. A table and chair made of compressed cardboard. His, it's like um, Silence toi- of the Lambs. It's it like is. Silence of the Lambs. That's why they call him Hannibal the Cannibal. His yeah, yeah. toilet is and sink are bolted to the floor. There's a steel door that opens into a cage. The cage is encased in um, shatterproof perspex. He has passed food into that cage. And they say that he not only is incarcerated like Hannibal the Cannibal, but that he actually looks like Anthony Hopkins in Silence of the really? Lambs. Wow. So he's he's the longest serving prisoner in the UK. Yeah. Um, inside prison, this guy murdered three other prisoners since he's been locked up. Wow. He is That's really why he's, uh, he's all by himself. He's really really awful. Yeah. Um now what he did, I could give you some details about what he did in that first crime. But it's graphic. And he had a real thing. He was he was real he had a bad childhood and he has a real thing for people who are who offend against children. So he got the first guy and then in uh, 1977, he got another guy, and he they, and another are they prisoner. Always, are they always yeah. bad people that he kills? They're child. Seek out? They're people convicted for offending against children. Oh, that's all he kills. Mm-hmm. In the second case, he and another prisoner barricaded themselves in a cell with a convicted child molester named David Francis. They tortured him for nine hours. When guards finally managed to get in, bye bye to David. They moved him to that maximum security prison. Um, but a year later, he got a wife killer named Salmi Darwood. And then he attacked a guy named Bill Roberts, who was in jail 
for SA on a seven-year-old child. Um, he made a dagger and he hacked um, the, the, that guy to death with a dagger. And then he walked up to a prison guard and said, this is very British. Just thought you might want to know there'll be two less for dinner tonight. <laughs> That's very Hannibal Lecter, isn't it? That yeah. certainly is. So now he's in this special glass cell in the very, very lowest basement of Wakefield Prison. He said it's like being buried alive. He wrote to newspapers demanding better treatment. In 2000, he went to court <clears throat> and said, can you, can you just execute me? And they were like, no, go back into your cell. Then he wrote a letter and he said, can I have a pet bird? I promise I won't eat it. Folks, you have a reputation. So strange. Wow. Yeah, when you have to say that. Is this you won't eat is it. this actually too much to be a movie? A good choice of a song. That's it, yeah. that's this is one he doesn't want to play. Now, other prisoners at Wakefield said uh-huh. the way they've treated him is totally dehumanizing. They've held him in an underground cage for more than 40 years. Yeah. What Bob did in terms of murdering sex offenders is obviously wrong. But yeah. what the system's done to Bob is psychological torture. I, you know, what do Bob. we do? Hmm. What do we do with, with an individual like this who is so clearly, completely unsafe to be around other people right. i don't know that a glass box in the basement for 40 years is the answer either i know i, I just, there are some things i guess society just does not have an answer for and this guy bob may be one of them i don't he's one know. of them you know yeah. what bob he's a very bad bob and there aren't he's many of those bad. no that's right that's what jumped out at me there's very there, few of us most bobs are good like yeah. most bobs are good i mean I've got a Bob here that's so picky about what he eats. There's no way he's going to eat we, you. We've got a Bob right. and Sherry who have to break. Yeah. Yes. Bob and Sherry books, swag, and the mother of all mothers merch. Just hit shop at bobandsherry.com. You know how you spend most of the time inside your own head and you're not really aware of all your own crazy um, ideas and rationalizations? Well, I had a moment of clarity so I'm standing in the kitchen and I'm drinking some ginger aid kombucha. It's a bottle of GTS or GT's ginger aid kombucha. And I'm slugging it down. Haven't we all enjoyed that, folks? Haven't we all enjoyed it? Go <laughs> right? ahead. So I'm slugging it down and I, I look at the label and I was like, oh, wow, this whole bottle only has 50 calories in it. What a treat. Mm. Right. And then I remembered that. I'm drinking a bottle of fizzy vinegar goat urine. And the fact that <laughs> it has any calories in it at all is an what? affront That's to what humanity. Kombucha is, um, it's, uh, it's basically kind of fermented and vinegary. This particular kombucha is fermented black tea, green tea, kiwi juice, and ginger. And uh, they ferment it and it turns into kind of, it tastes like vinegar. I mean... I'm drinking some gingery vinegar. Yeah. How do you and, do and, it? And celebrating like, oh, this whole bottle only has 50 calories. <laughs> Girl, you could siphon off some of the dog's uh, waste and that would only have 50 calories. Like, what are you, like, 
And now you're going to ask me why I'm doing it. Oh, I'm sure it's to um, purify your soul to oh, reach a higher level of knowledge to uh, I, clean out your blood cells. I forget why. I think I think I got onto kombucha because it's important to have a healthy gut biome. Because, oh, yeah. you know, we eat a lot of, like, factory food and you don't even yeah, realize. That's true. that's true. You know, and, yeah. and there are strong links between, like, your gut bacteria mm-hmm. and your mental health and all of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I guess I thought that drinking some gingery vinegar would improve that situation, but I'm here to tell you, I don't see it. How about you? Are you giving up? Are you giving up on it? No, it only has 50 okay calories. To. I'm never giving up on it. <laughs> I read, it's wait, okay, wait, wait, and then, then we'll wrap. I read a little snippet online from this woman who says, people think kombucha is a drink. You should treat it as a food. Uh, hey, Gwyneth Paltrow, it's 50 calories worth of vinegar. It's not food. <laughs> you can't live on this. It's Bob and Shay. Okay, everybody. You've got the best. Hi, hello, radio. The best of Bob and Sherry. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. After midnight. Get this year started. Happy New Year. And Mr. New Year's himself, ladies and gentlemen, it's the Bob and Cherry Show with the best of Bob and Cherry. The Shave Magazine, they have the 10 things that guys do that drive their women nuts. One of them is adjusting. Another is uh, getting the man flu where you're sick, but you just become a great big baby about it. We had some women call up and said, oh, I know know what that's about. Ogling was another. Uh, Selective hearing where you're, you know, you're just hearing what you want to hear. And uh, we're up to right now, which one is this? Number six, I guess. Talking about your ex. I don't do that. I can't I don't get him to do it. No, he won't tell smart. me anything. He's That's really good. smart. The only, th- the only thing I would bring up is something that has to do with my children. Beyond that, no interest in doing I that. I try to trick him. Like I'll, I'll, Y'all do that. I'll come around like a mm-hmm. back way with a, a question, mm-hmm. and he's, he's good. He Here's never, the thing. He never stumbles. You have to shut that right down. If they talk bad about their exes, mm-hmm. that means that's what they're going to say about you Max, later. I don't want them to talk bad. I can't no, even get them to tell me details about like high school girlfriends. You're, you're interested. I, I am not. I, I am don't, very interested. I don't want to hear. I know what she's asking, and you tell me if I'm right okay, or wrong. Okay, okay, okay. They've had a couple of glasses of wine, and she'll look over, and she's in kind of a playful mood, you know, and she'll say, so um, who would you say was the best at doing and then name something? Exactly. Exactly. The only response you have is, I'm not talking about that. Or, baby, there ain't nobody like Y-O-U. He he says stuff like, since I've been with you, I can't remember. Oh. Oh. <laughs> that's good. Oh, that's oh, good. Oh, that's good. That's good. Hang but on, then I'll I try- want to write that one. But down. then I'll try to trick him. I'll be like, "Oh, that was when you were with so and so. Did she ever?" And nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. He no, won't. He's smart. Won't talk. He's smart man. Uh, number seven uh, things that we do that drive women nuts: talking about your mother. That you know, doesn't drive that I, me I crazy at all. I, I think there's a small amount of... We've had the women on the show. Well, who, if you're a big old mama's that, boy. Yeah, if you're mama's boy. If you're married to mama's boy, you're going to get some of that. But most yeah. men, you know, not so much. Um, this is this is one that's, uh, I think, prominent with many relationships. Ex- the man expecting sex. Uh, men are wired two and a half times more in our brains to drive for it than women are. And what happens is, and this is where the problems begin... A woman is nice to her, her husband, 
or and that boyfriend is interpreted as a you know come, come up and give you a little uh, pad and uh, oh you are you look so good and you immediately say yeah well someone's getting <laughs> somebody little, wants it somebody wants it don't they and now you're doing that and all of a sudden she reads that the compliment is only taken this way. So now she's going to think twice about And now she's hesitant about compliments, and, and there yeah. you go. So that's difficult. Um, her boyfriend, let's go to Laura for just Punch a Punch her up here. real quick. Yeah. Laura, we don't want to keep Laura. her waiting. Hi, Laura. Hi. What, Hi. What, what is how this? are y'all? Fine, fine. How are you? I'm great. Good. Your boyfriend, he won't talk about his ex? Yes. Um, I have been with my boyfriend for almost five years now, uh-huh. and... When I first met him, we had a a quick relationship. I moved in with him like two weeks after I met him. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know he was, I know that's wrong. That's completely wrong. It's nothing I will ever do again. But But we did. And I was dating him and living with him for nine months over that period of time. And I would never get him to talk about his ex-wife. Finally, I I was talking to my grandmother about it, and she said, well, you need to know what he owes to his ex-wife, so make him open his divorce decree. So when we were sitting on the couch and he opened his divorce decree, he was crying and what have you, and we found out that that day was the nine-month anniversary that the divorce was finalized. And it took from that point on about a year or two to get him to talk about what the relationship was like. Um, and it was, I didn't want to know to talk bad about her, but I wanted to know what caused the divorce in case in our own relationship, some of those signals came up with me. Probably and, the thing uh, that caused it was that she moved in with him two weeks after meeting him. And her grandma made and him tear all his scabs off. I was holding his laundry when I learned his last name because it was on his work shirt. <laughs> Girl, you move some kind of fast. Whoa. Now you you have been no, 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 I'm a, I was the biggest goodie of of all the girls in my family. I have, four, I have three for, sisters and two brothers. Well, that that came to an abrupt end. Fast. Um, so, but you've been together for five years, so clearly it worked out. Yes. Um, well, our five year anniversary is two days before my birth thirtieth birthday, but um, it. it it's no, my birthday's November 20th, and we met on November 18th. And we've gone round and round. We break up and get back together over and over. Damn, girl, I know everything about you. Why did he get divorced? He got divorced because he felt like it was too much of a friendship and not enough romance. I.e., not enough sex. Probably. And he told me a lot of things about her gradually, but... Um, I, I don't yeah, care. Wait, you know what? I'm just going to jump in here. I don't care about that. Here's what I want. I want to know about. <laughs> How long did you uh, have uh, relations with him, or or were you kissing him, or just being loving up on him before you actually knew his last name? <laughs> I actually knew his last name three weeks after I'd moved in. Oh, but oh all right, that's fine. Had, I think that's good. Wait, 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 wait. Because you got to get that if you both have the name on the rent. <laughs> Here's the thing. You were dating him two weeks, then you moved in. You were with a man for five weeks, and you didn't know his last name. I know. I'm so, and I was ironing his shirt, his work shirt. He's an airplane mechanic. Uh-huh. And he said his last name on the shirt, and he came in from work, and I said, Laura. is this your last name? Laura. Like, yeah. You are. You're so bubbly and adorable and fun. You have a big family. I know you have friends. In five weeks, nobody said to you, What's his last hey, Laura, name? What's his last <laughs> name? I know, and I met his friends. 
parents and I met his co-workers and nobody told me. Hey, that but guy he, you're living with, what's his last name? I don't know. Did grandma want to know the last, did anyone in the family want the dude's last name? Well, my family didn't know where I was because I kind of like, I jumped from living with my parents to living with him, which is so, <laughs> the psychology of that is all wrong and I know it. But, um, but we went round and round after. Laura, we, we're out of time for this segment. I don't want you to move. Can you hang? You are the personality <laughs> of the month on the Bob and Sherry show. Will you promise to stay right there? Yes, yes. Hang and, on. And we're going to give you sexy socks. <laughs> Instant access to the podcast, podcast and fun side. Just download the free Bob and Sherry app. We're so excited. We have Laura on the line with us still. And she was just telling us that... Um, she met her boyfriend and two weeks later moved in with him. And three weeks after that, for a total of five weeks, discovered his last name. She hadn't known it until she was ironing his work shirt. Excellent. And we're just wondering, you know, how it is that nobody in your life, Laura, said to you, hey, you guys are living together now. What's his name? No, what's his last name? I mean, where, where was Granny? Nobody asked me. I don't know what it was. I, well, part of it was that I was dodging my family because I knew they wouldn't approve. But, but part of it was that it just never came up in conversation. And what makes it even more funny is that he was not aware of the fact that I didn't know it. What is his first name? Charles. Charles. Like, like, so, for example, yeah. I, would say, um, I would say to Bob, did you hear Lars met this really nice guy? His name is Charles. And Bob would say, Charles what? And I would say, I don't know. Laura, what's Charles's last name? Nothing like that ever happened? Never. And and we we were living together. Okay, first of all, I was 25 before I was in what we'll just safely call an adult relationship. Gotcha. And so I had to get on birth control for the first time. So not not only was I living with him and not knowing his name, but I was 25 and basically just a roommate. Till the till we knew for sure the birth control would work. <laughs> so you're... it was just like a big crazy thing, and it was it was weird because the second date I had with him, he said, "Don't don't leave me," and I said, "Okay." And started the next morning bringing stuff from my parents' house over and didn't leave. <laughs> now, are you married now, Laura? We were engaged. We planned to get engaged again because I told him. Two things. I said, I want to do a year of couples counseling, and I want my master's degree. And I am a 20-year brain tumor survivor, so it is extremely important to me that I prove that my brain can get me a master's degree. Heck yeah. And he's been completely supportive of everything. And when he proposed, he said, I don't want to interfere with your plans. But will you marry me? Well, immediately my mom said, okay, you have to get married on 11-11-11-11, which means November 11th of 2011 at 11 in the morning on some 11 street, which is crazy. So we agreed <laughs> Runs in the to family. hold off on the engagement until I get through at least part of grad school, hopefully. Till but you're, you're still together. Yes, we're still together, and we still live together. Does your gra- now, Granny, I want to get back to her. Is she okay with all of this? She was not for a mm. very long time. Yes. I, I could, caught a lot of flack. Yes. But she's come to the conclusion now that if we're at least being exclusive, then 
then it's okay in her mind. It's but amazing, Laura, that you're, you're such a dichotomy. On the one hand, everything is so planned. You will not get married until 11, 11, 11, 11, 11, after you get your master's degree and all and of this. Then and on yet, the you, other... on the other hand, you don't know Charles's name. <laughs> well, I, I figured out his last name two months into the relationship. So that was in, that was like four years ago. Um, so I assume you're getting your ago. master's in some sort of detective work. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, organizational leadership. I'm getting the strength to say no, not till I'm ready. <laughs> Laura, we congratulate you. You're, we some, you you're something them. else, Laura. You are terrific. Good luck with your grad school yeah. and with Charles and with Granny and with the wedding on 11, 11, 11, 11 and the whole package. Yeah, I think Yay they're going to last. Laura. I think I they're do. going the distance. I do. <laughs> you're listening to the best of Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry Books, Swag, and the Mother of All Mothers Merch. Just hit shop at bobandsherry.com. Mary is the type of wife and mother that just feels no matter what her day is made up of, she has to cook dinner at night in some way, shape, or form. She just wants to do it. So the idea that, you know, once in a while I can pick up a pizza or something, but uh, she feels that she needs to make dinner. And her kids, I mean, I, I know that you can identify with this. If I make dinner... It's not the same as when she makes dinner, so they're and, they're not yeah. as happy. They, and, well, mine mine are ridiculous, but anyway. So we've fallen into this thing where she's been working late, and she will buy the ingredients and buy the food, and then she'll leave me instructions, partial instructions, and then give me so uh, you can prep it. Text update. Well, not I'm I'm now cooking it too. So she was working till seven thirty last night. So it's now quarter of eight before she's going to be rolling in the door. So the first instructions came yesterday afternoon. Start the oven at 350, 15 minutes before the meat is to be put in there. Take the meat out of the refrigerator and let it warm a little bit. Okay, that's fine. Then the next set of instructions between her patients come in. Put the meat in um, aluminum foil. And wrap it tightly and put it on a pan. All right, I got that done. The next one comes in. Now, I can't leave the phone for like two and a half hours. Put the meat in at exactly 635. All right, the meat's going in at 635. Ding, ding, ding. About uh, 45 minutes later, get some water, boil it. (laughs) Ding, 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 ding. Go into the pantry underneath the frosted flakes is rice and some com- rice and cheese combination. Uh, pull pull that out. All right, I got that going. <laughs> ding 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 ding. Uh, what was the other thing that we had with it? That there was some some other thing going on. So she comes through the door. the 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 water is boiling. The rice packet is right there. And she said, "You didn't dump the rice in." I said, "I didn't know that you wanted in." Oh oh. Then I text back. Should I open the uh, after the meat is taken out? Should I open up the, uh, the, the the aluminum foil and let the meat breathe or keep it closed? <laughs> let meat breathe is is going. I am so out of my mind and nervous right now that I'm going to blow this dinner. The young master on the hoverboard is coming through the kitchen now. Are we going to eat pretty soon? Because it's now like five after eight. Are we going to eat? And then he just zooms right on by. That's irritating me. I'm trying to set everything up. And uh, she walks in. She says, how much water did you put in here for the rice? I said, I just put water in. It's half the pan. Just throw the rice in. She dumps it out. She says, it says right here. You got to read right here. You have to measure it. I didn't know that. I know I I should, but I didn't. I just figured it's it's hot water. Rice is going to boil. The bottom line is um, 
this is the worst possible way to cook, and I will never do it again. <laughs> it was very stressful for you, wasn't it? Was it was incredibly stressful. Yeah. Would it have been Would it have been better if she had just sent you all the instructions all at once? Or she doesn't. She doesn't trust me to uh, follow them. That could way. you have managed if you'd been given everything all at once? Do you think? It's it's <laughs> doubtful. <laughs> I mean, it's questionable. Thank you. You know, thank you. That was the word. It's it's highly questionable that I would pull it off perfectly. So all I want to do here's what I want to do. I want to take a match. I want to throw it on the grill. I want it to go boom. I want to uh, take two pieces, three pieces of meat, like pork chops or hamburgers or something. Cook those things. I want to put together a salad and a baked potato. It's done. Um, is it that they don't want to eat that every night? That they don't trust me. The the children, the children, they don't, don't trust me. But you know how to grill a pork I chop. Do, I honest to God, I do. But you the, do. but they they place it because their mother's hand was not in some way involved. It's questionable. I think this is all like, and I think when you're not around, the three of them are rolling, laughing. I think this is like a form of gaslighting you. I do. It's like, all right, all right, let's get him convinced that he doesn't know how to boil the water. I, I think that they're just like rolling, laughing. What are they trying to get out of me? Um, they're not trying to get anything out of you. Sometimes it's fun just to torture you because you get so, you're so like intense. You know, I think that's what it is. Don't you think that's a possibility? I mean, sometimes I like I to torment him. you just to see you get all like fired up. You know, my wife has actually said that. Sometimes she'll say something to me and she says, just I just like, I like, I like to watch what you do. The thought of you, because I can picture you like racing around the kitchen and talking to yourself and picking up one thing and putting it down and picking up another. I want to pour a glass of wine and start laughing. I think because you know what? You're a grown ass man. And you're very successful and you do know how to cook. I think this is gaslighting. Now that you mention it, when I start talking to myself because I'm irritated with Oh, they all quietly gather. That's when the hoverboard comes in. Exactly. He has a smile on his face. Exactly. And I promise you, he's texting his mom and his sister. Mm -hmm. He's he's talking to himself about the rice. Mm -hmm. LOL, LOL, LOL. And by the way, this business with measuring water for rice, what's that? It's water. It's boiling water. Just throw the rice in. Your, your wife came home and basically accused you of not knowing how to boil water last night. Uh, That's what happened. It I, did. You know. That happened. You're right. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Cherry app. Okay, I uh, promised you and I will now bring you the states with the saddest mugshots. We know that the great state of North Carolina has the happiest mugshots. And here are the ones with the saddest mugshots. And this comes to us from the Huffington Post. They looked at 30,000 mugshots and put it through an app that analyzes people's pictures. Uh, Oregon is number five. Utah, number four. Idaho, Montana. And the saddest mugshots are out of our neighbors to the northwest, West Virginia. Wow. West Virginia. I, you know, I can see why there are sad mugshots coming out of Utah. They're, that's such a strong LDS community. That would be shameful to be arrested. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> I was I was at a a bar. I forget where I was. I was at the beach somewhere. Where was I? It might it might have. I don't know if it was in Hilton Head or where it was. But there was an outdoor bar, and um, the decorations on the bar were all mugshots of celebrities. Oh, that's a fun theme. Yeah. And I didn't pick up on it right away, and then I realized, oh my god, these are all mugshots. Was Nick Nolte's? That's the classic. Yeah. That's uh, the greatest one, isn't it? Yeah, I mm-hmm. think so. And they had Glenn Campbell, and they had Sinatra, of course. 
they had one of Elvis Presley, and I didn't know that he was arrested for anything. I don't. I think they took that as a goof. It was either that really? or he got arrested because um, somebody deemed his performance to be obscene because he he went oh, back steps. in the fifties. I 50s. can't remember back in the fifties. They mm-hmm. may have done that. Yeah. And let me see who else was there. Uh, I don't recall any women. They were mostly guys. But it was surprising how many how many were up. I think Johnny Depp. I think Johnny Depp might have been up there. He got arrested for trashing a hotel room. I think. Yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. I, I remember Keith that. Moon uh, was the drummer there. for the late drummer for the Who. Um, um, Keith Richards was up there. So what did we decide? Were you going to smile for your mugshot? No, um, but I'm re- I really gave it some thought, and I'm going to have like a neutral sort of look, um, a, a uh, an honest sort of non-threatening nice guy look, but and, not a big smile. And make sure you don't have crazy hair. Oh yeah, that's good. I mean, make yeah. sure. I love looking at mugshots, and you can tell whoever's in the mugshot had a chance to fix their makeup and yeah, check their like, hair. Yeah. Smooth your hair down because there's yeah. something about a guy with crazy hair. I know that just tells you. This, yeah, this is bad. One candle. It's Got Bob it. and Shay. Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. See you some other time. You've been listening to the best of Bob and Sherry. Be sure to check out our website, bobandsherry.com. Download our free app, too. Get the odd cast, the podcast, and Bob and Sherry fun size instantly. Thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast, the Oddcast, and Talking Lamar. We would love it if you would subscribe, rate, and review and maybe share it with a friend on Facebook, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again so much for listening. Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.